Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald, and joining us on the show is Frank DeJesus of Body Elite Fit coming to you from New Jersey. Frank, what's going on, man? How are you today? All right, man. How are you? And thank you for having me. I am excited to have you. Frank, you have a whole lot of industry experience. And so we're going to pick your brain in a number of different capacities today. But the reason that we're here specifically is Body Elite Fit. When you describe this business, when you tell people what it is that you do, what do you tell them? Um, I tell people that what we do is we change people's lives. We uh, improve quality of life of, of everyone that comes in, participating in our services and our system. Um, you know, I get to know people uh, up and close, one-on-one. You know, they tell me, they give me all their, um, their down and outs, their ups, you know, and, mm-hmm. and their availabilities and, and, and things of that nature, their insecurities, their, 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 their you know, their strengths and things of that nature. And, and I kind of help, help uh, line things up for them uh, through, through, you know, uh, a coach's eyes to help them develop a better quality of life so they become more productive individuals. Um, and we do that through an integrated system of fitness that uh, gets them to understand about themselves. Uh, we teach. We just don't put people through exercises. We explain every, every routine that we put people through we explain it into detail. Um, we don't we don't start anything without explaining what it is that it's going to do for them. Uh, what are what are we looking for? Um, and um, it brings out uh, like they would think their their weaknesses and their strengths. And then we work improving those weaknesses physically, um, you know, and and kind of balance out the body so they become a little bit more stable and um, you know better condition for themselves on a day to day basis. Yeah. And, and it's, I think I, I really appreciate when I speak to people in the personal training business who remember the personal part of personal training, right? It's not just sets and reps. It's not just how much weight is on the bar. It's 24 hours. It's oh, yeah, how absolutely. can we be healthier, fitter human beings? And that's part of it is the time in the gym, but there's a lot more than that. And absolutely. it sounds like that's a huge focus for you guys. Now, Frank, take us back, put us in your time machine. When, when you were thinking about opening up this studio, what was going through your mind? What were the, the, what were, what was the situation that made it the right time for you to open this up? You know, I, I think, um, you know, uh, prior to 2008, uh, when I was doing a lot of home gym training, I was, I was training a lot of folks in their homes, uh, mostly. I was opening up, I was actually building little home gyms in, in people's homes. Um, and then, you know, with the expectation that they will hire me for my personal training services, which worked hand in hand and it worked really well for me. Um, but ultimately, um, what I was looking for was to be able to, to reach a larger audience um, and more in a community, more in a community setting where people can meet each other, they can, they can interact, they can converse about uh, the, the similar situations or problems that they may have, whether it's attaining a physical status or, or, or achieving a specific goal or something like that. Um, so I thought it would be fantastic if I would be able to provide something like that. 
So at the time I, you know, I, I head out looking for sites. I started driving myself around empty lots and things like that. Yeah. Um, and an acquaintance of my wife's um, brought it to our attention that my facility here was going to be coming out. It was going to become available soon. So I jumped right on it and, and um, you know, I, I came in and I signed up and uh, I took it, I took it um, to the next level, um, you know, and it, it, it helped, it helped a lot getting me to meet the community, um, getting to know everyone personally that came in. Um, and I'm here, I'm here every day. It's not like I'm, I'm a missing aspect of the business. Right. Um, you know, anyone had a question, they didn't have to call me. They, they just knew that, you know what, I'll go in tomorrow, I'll speak with Frank then, you know, because they knew I was here. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So it created, you know, it, 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 um, it really it improved also me as a person. So I was able to get to know more people of different walks of life. Um, not just someone who's looking to, um, you know, just get in shape. I, 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 yep. I, I met people who, who needed to develop, they were probably in decent shape, but they needed to develop confidence, um, you know, things of that nature. Um, I, I met uh, young men who were getting ready to join the military and, you know, they were concerned with their condition and making the ranks and, and things of that nature. So, um, you know, because I have a lot of families, a lot of family members that are in the military. Yep. So yep. they were always directing someone they knew about getting in shape for yep. military tests uh, with me. So it's really it, the beauty of one-on-one yeah. -on -one training. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We can completely tailor it to the person that we're sitting across from. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, and so uh, within this model, Frank, I mean, we, we talked, the, the pure focus is one-on-one, -on -one, right? Mm -hmm. We serve our clients their goals, their needs, here is the best solution for them. Why the one-on-one -on -one model? I mean, they're in fitness, there's a million different ways and, and different opportunities to serve people. Why, why did you so want to focus on this model? Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, my, my looking back um, from my competition days and walking into gyms, numerous different types of gyms, because I traveled all over the country uh, competing and, and visiting other gyms and watching the, 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 the herd of people working out in a lot of these facilities and watching the, how incorrect um, people were training yep. and, and thinking that they were doing something right. Um, you know, I, I take a step back and I go, wow, they don't even realize they're doing that wrong. And eventually that's gonna lead to an injury. Um, you know, I, I, I educated myself, I'm a health science major and I educated myself on how the mechanics of the body works and things of that nature. So, you know, uh, hinging and all that is, is all scientific, but there, it has a place in how everyday people go from sitting up and down in a chair to working out in a gym. Yeah. So, you know, to me, it, it you know, I, I, I was able to bring that to the table and, you know, the one-on-one, -on -one, you, you can't miss, you can't miss. We're like, we're like specialists. Um, yeah, I'm a big believer in open gyms. I, I, I love them. I mean, I have one myself, but, um, you know, the, the, what's missing is, is that one-on-one -on -one interaction with individuals that really want to make a change and they just don't know where to get this from. They don't yep. know because there isn't that many of us around, um, or more so than now there's a lot more, but, um, back then there wasn't that many around. So they always, you know, they would approach me while I was working out on my, on my own time. And they would just come up and ask me if I would train them. 
you know, and, and I, that's, that's where I saw the need. I, I was like, yeah. wow, the people really need to learn how to do this, you know, and, yep. and, and, and now and, so more than ever. And now more so than ever, exactly. With everything from the pandemic to progressively, because the people from, you know, uh, 15 years ago are heavier today than they were 15 years ago, even though yeah. they're, still, they're, still, they're still going to the gym, they're still going to the gym because they've never taken the time to really learn about themselves. Uh, whether they don't know that it's there, they don't know the resources are available. Um, you know, in some cases, maybe monetary situation, um, you know, whatever the case may be. But, you know, the way, the way I put it, health has no, no, no value. You can't put value on health. You know, health is like, without health, you have nothing. You know, so you need to be able to become a healthy individual, to become a more productive individual either with your family time, your business. I work with a lot, a lot, a lot of CEOs that have these, you know, they're in, they're in their office at four o'clock in the morning and they're working till three, four o'clock in the afternoon. You know, those guys, um, they don't catch a break. You know, they're, they're going. And, and these are, you know, sh they're in the shipping business, stockbrokers, that kind of stuff, restaurant owners, um, things of that nature. Um, you know, they, so, so they need to, you know, how do I do, how do I, how do I control and manage my weight? How do I get a little stronger? Um, you know, it seems like I, I'm, I'm falling apart here. My stress level is through the roof. Um, doctor, doctors telling me my cholesterol is, is off the charts. What do I do? And, and this is where we, you know, this is where the one-on-one, -on -one, you know, has its value. This is where, this is where I get paid. Let me explain to you how I do this, you know, and let me show you how you need to do it. Um, and, gen and gen you know, it's, it's a formula. I, I mean, I have it set up as a formula, everything from the body fat testing to educating them up, how much of them is muscle, how much of them is body fat. And this is why we need to follow this amount of fat and this amount of calories, this amount of protein, because it all works hand in hand. And then your program has got to accommodate that, you know. So once I'm done with that, I just gave you how much value into something that you didn't know yeah. nothing about when you first walked in my door, you know. It needs to be that way because typically personal training is a higher priced service than the open gym, than yes. group training, than whatever other options are available. But we need to back that up with value, right? Absolutely. Can't, it's not just paying to hang out with a trainer. It's paying oh, for yeah. the expertise, paying for the coaching, paying for oh, no, the solution you for yourself. For sure. For sure. You got to definitely have, you got to be confident as a, as a personal trainer, um, you got to have the confidence. You got to know that you can help someone. Yep. Okay. And, and with that comes a price, you know, um, and based on time, there's only so many people I can work with in a day. So, you know, you have the economy, you have the inflations, you have, you know, all kinds of things going up around you that you have to keep up with. So the rates, you know, they kind of accommodate that increase in, in the economy. Um, and I'm always looking at those numbers. Um, I mean, I, I base my business on how well the market is doing. That's how I do it most of the time. Yeah. And, and so, Frank, for you, obviously, we mentioned this is one-on-one -on -one training. It's never going to be realistic for you to have thousands of members. It's not the same apples-to-apples -apples comparison as the open gyms that you mentioned. But within these four walls, within the model that you guys have, how many people do you serve? Um, anywhere between 100 and 300. Uh, monthly uh, clients. Okay, so there are quite a few people 
coming through your doors on a, on a regular basis. I want to explore a little bit about the pricing that goes into that because personal training, even within personal training, pricing can vary from almost nothing where new yeah. trainers are charging very little to hundreds and th or thousands of dollars a month, depending on who's charging it. Where do you guys fall in that spectrum? What's a, what's an average person going to expect to pay if they come to work with you guys? Um, on an hourly basis, is anywhere between 65, in, in my demographics, is anywhere between 65 and $120 an hour. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, so there, a little bit of a range there, right? What causes yeah, the fluctuation? There is a range, yeah. What, so, yeah, so what causes the, the fluctuation? What is it, how long they're signing up for and committing to? Correct. How many times? Okay, so yeah. buy more, save more for the most part. Yes. Right. It depends on how the trainer structures their business. You know, some some trainers, um, they'll 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 do their they'll sell um, like large packages of 40, 50 sessions so they can charge a lot cheaper. Then you have, you know, someone like myself, I only do anywhere between eight and 12 sessions a month. So I charge a little higher premium yep. price for that. Of course. But it's also how much also how much volume, how much value you add to that. With with my with my fees, they get um, bi monthly uh, in body fat testing. Um, yep. They get nutrition. They get nutrition guidance um, also for free. That you know with a with a plan written out, um, sent directly to their you know to their phone to their smartphone. Yep. They can it has it comes with a grocery a grocery list where they can go shopping and they see exactly what it is that I want them to buy for their nutrition plans. Sure. So layering on all of the different services that someone would expect that they could get a la carte in other places. Right. And also it has to do with the demographics. I mean, you know, it's cheaper in, you know, it's cheaper in California, not in California, it's, it's cheaper in Texas and in Florida because there's a lot more, there's a higher percentage of trainers, you know, in a, in a, in a closer demographics than here. We don't have that many. Um, here we have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of uh, training facilities, a lot of gyms, yep. um, you know, but even those places, some of them, like you know, um, I know in my in my area, in my neighborhood, you got uh, what is it? I think it's New York, the New York Sports Club. There, they're like one hundred and twenty dollars for personal training. Besides yep. the besides the monthly membership, sure. on top of the monthly membership, yeah. And so, Fr Frank, obviously, how we find people that fit into this service is a little bit different than how the open gym would find people. What is, what is marketing for you? How are we getting new clients and what are we doing proactively to help us fill this business out? Yeah. Marketing is challenging. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why, because marketing um, number one requires someone to be on it uh, 24 seven. Um, someone's mm -hmm. got to follow everything from the campaigns uh, to how they're, how the clicks, uh, how they're interacting with the website um, is, is, is are the campaigns leading uh, potential prospects to your website to drop their information for, for you to do a follow-up or for them to set themselves up via an appointment for them to come in. Um, and then marketing, you know, in, in that sense becomes uh, a little challenging because unless you do that, um, if you're a personal trainer that wears a lot of hats, that's just one more job for you to do. And usually that gets done at the end of the day when everybody's gone home. Yeah. So at that when point, you're exhausted and mentally yeah, drained on already. That, on top of that, you're exhausted, mentally exhausted, not physically, but mentally exhausted. And and it just becomes uh, you know, a, a whole job in itself. Sure. Now, 
prior to, I mean, I, I'm, 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 you know, I've been around for some time now. So before the internet um, and social media, of course, um, just putting a business size ad in the local Bergen County record, which was running me like $134, um, I'd pick up three, four clients a week from that. It was a fantastic newspaper. I loved it. And um, yeah, and, and then coming in uh, 2008, just about the time when, when the, the change to the internet, social media was starting to evolve, um, you know, being told that, you know, your ad now is going to run over thousands of people. Okay. But how do you, how do you help someone who need, how do you, how do you attract the one person that needs your services? That's always been a question that I've always asked marketers. And of course it leads to knowing the product that you're marketing, which is actually a marketing problem because I've dealt with just in the past year, I've dealt with three marketing companies that I've fired because they don't know the product. They know it. That's, the, that's the exact they know, problem, Frank. They know marketing. They know marketing. But if you don't know what you're selling, how can you how can you sell me to the thousand people? I don't need a thousand people. I tell them all the time. I don't need a thousand people. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't I need one percent. One percent I need. You can't sell me to a hundred people that need my service because I know I've done it in the past. So if I put you out there to do that for me, and you're telling me it's not guaranteed. And that's how that's how you base your fee. I'm sorry, I can't do business with you. Yeah, you know, because like Great. I tell them all the time, I tell them all. I say, listen, you, you can make a thousand dollars on me, but I need to make a thousand dollars with you. Yeah. it's it's that it's that aspect of my business that pays your bill. It doesn't come out of my right pocket um, because I'm not in the business to lose business. If I'm going to look at it from a business perspective, right? Yeah. Um, you ever play so, that game telephone when you were a kid and you whisper to the person next to you and whatatever <laughs> they hear gets a little bit distorted and then the message oh, yeah. gets distorted you know, at every listen, layer? It, I, I'm notorious with that. That's that's one company that I'm not going to mention names, but they're like you 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 have you have like um, uh, an assigned account manager, but go ahead and try to find that account manager. So it's like. What's the purpose of you telling me that I have an account manager when I can't find him or her? And every yeah. time I call there, they give me a different account manager. So who exactly is my account manager? Yeah. Uh, how do you know my story if I've never spoken to you before? So, you know, and, and now you tell me you can't find the other guy that I spoke to a month ago. It's, yeah, you know, well, that's, that's the double-edged sword of all of this. You mentioned, like, if we're trying to handle it ourselves, our, our time is already pulled in a number of directions. And typically good trainers are not the most educated when it comes to social media or digital marketing or whatever oh, yeah. it is that we're talking about. We're, we're, we're but if we outsource it, yeah, we're relying on that third party to know our message and who we're actually looking for. And there's a lot of disconnect there. And so what is the solution? There's pros and cons to both, of course, but figuring out, typically figuring out a way that we can do it that doesn't require a ton of time and that isn't a huge process to learn sounds like a dream right? um, you know well you know uh, i mean honest, personally in, in my head you know uh, i'm looking as we speak for someone that does marketing that's going to be an in-house that's what i mean work here somebody that knows our business yeah and that i can interact with on a day-to-day -day basis that, that i can actually take a look at the campaign before you go ahead and publish it 
Um, so that, you know, I had, I had one company putting out there that I was looking for nine people to participate. I was, I was getting my phone was ringing off because it was, they thought it was for free. I said, how can you put that out there? People think that this is for free. We, 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 you know, it's, it's not free when I, when I bring it to, when I bring it, bring it into the conversation that it's going to, it's going to cost them uh, a certain amount of money for, for the training. They're like, well, wait a minute, this is not a, this is not a free program. And, you know, I'm like, no, you're being misled. I'm so sorry. You know, it's a misrepresentation yeah. from the market. It's the disconnect, company. right? Yes, Somewhere along is, the line, the message got, got, got distorted in one way or another. And so it sounds, I mean, you, you've done a number of things. We're trying to get people in, still ongoing, finding what a better solution is going to be. So let's kind of move on. Let's get to what that looks like here moving forward. Right. We obviously the whole conversation we have, Frank, is about growing the business, right, is about finding ways that we can add revenue, add clients, whatever it is, serve our clients better. Yes. And so as you look forward and here we are, hopefully we can say coming out of this pandemic and we're able to operate a little bit more freely as businesses. Where is your time going to be focused when it comes to growing this business, growing revenue, building profitability. What are you focusing on here moving forward? It is the marketing. It is entirely the marketing um, because the marketing is what's going to draw the prospects to your business. Um, it's The key is, is finding the proper positioning with a marketing company that will take the, they'll take the opportunity to learn about you and what you provide. And then put it out there, you know, and, 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 you know, and sourcing it out to the proper audiences so that when people are out there, you know, uh, going on Google or, you know, on a search bar and they're putting in their fitness near me, you know, that you pop up and you're introduced. It, it's, it just starts with an introduction, but it has to be the right niche. It has to be the right formula for someone like, like we don't, we don't provide like um, we're not we don't have any physical therapy at all, right? And I get a I get a I get a ton of people calling um, from post operational, you know. So I'm I'm always explaining to them you need to first go to a physical therapist. I always refer, always refer. I you need to go first to a physical therapist. Yep. Let the physical therapist see you and you know assess you, maybe correct the isolated uh, injury that you may have, and it's yep. only then. When you've been released from physical therapy, then you're welcome into my facility. That's, we can yeah, that's really the thing is, is good marketing should turn away people that don't belong just as Correct. much as it should pull people in that do belong, right? Yes, we, have, we have the people and the situations with which we can deliver value and find success. But unless that criteria is met, they have no business being here. We can't help them. That's correct. Let's figure out how to get the right people in at mm -hmm. the right moment. And that's when businesses can really, really thrive, right? That's exactly. when you and your training team can deliver what we say that we're delivering in the first place. Exactly. Yeah. But we need to figure out that input on the front that, end. Yeah. That, 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 that connection there is, it's yet to be made. Yeah. Efficient. And, and that's, I mean, <laughs> believe me, Frank, can, I talked to a lot of know, gym owners and, and you are not the only one. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Because we can get a ton of, you know, we can get a ton of uh, advertisers, but you know, what good are they? They're not advertising properly or they're not advertising you. And, and they're right. giving you this, you know, they, they give you this click, they, they give you this chart per click type of thing where they, you know, they set you up on a portal and then, 
you know, whoever shows up at your portal, whether they're buying or not, they charge you for it. And you're like, wait a minute, that's crazy. The person that I'm buying to my services because they have no money. You have no, had no desire to ever send no up. desire, you know, so it's, it's, uh, you know, they can't afford it or something that it just doesn't, it doesn't work out, you know? Yep. Um, Frank, I think you have a whole lot of gym owners that will eventually listen to this podcast that know exactly what you're talking about. Believe me, they can resonate with that. But I mean, looking forward, we, we talked about growing this thing. We talked about marketing kind of being the missing link. I want to pick your brain. One final question for you before we close this thing up and get you out of here. You've been in the industry in all kinds of different roles and different capacities now for a couple of decades. If you were, were looking back and you got the chance to talk to a previous version of Frank getting ready to open up this business, what would be the best advice that you could give younger Frank opening up this business? Um, educate yourself on how to, how to you know, better uh, introduce yourself to the communities. Big. That's huge. Because we don't we don't sell an item, we sell a service, and um, you know it, it, it's easy to sell an item than it is to sell a service. Um, and then you know, the idea is to get to know get to know your communities really well, and um, you know, once you've educated yourself to the best of your ability, that you know you feel confident that you can provide a good service and you can actually help people improve th themselves as individuals. Right. Um, the next thing is for you to learn how to do that, how to, how to, how to present that to, you know, the communities out there that, that are looking for your service. Cause they are, they are out there. Not everybody wants to go to a gym and just work out. They, some people want to like anything else, right? We, we want to learn, mm -hmm. um, you know, so uh, it, it's important to, to be able to, you know, you know, confront that, that, that you're able to get out there and, and uh, express what you do. And, and people will, you know, stop for a minute and, and give you the time and, and take interest, you know, and, and then you can do all the other stuff, you know, the, yep. the, the free session and the, you know, the consultations and all that stuff. But it's initially, it's initially getting people to, you know, get up and, you know, and, and hear you out. Sure. You know, yeah, you know, we also have YouTube now, right? So YouTube is fantastic, um, you know, uh, what do you want to call it? Avenue, you know, whatever you, a venue, whatever, that, that people could go and, and get themselves motivated by watching all these motivational videos of like either favorite people that they like working out, some actors, some actress, some model, some athlete, but that's their personal workout. See, this is where my some of my clients will come in. I saw, you know, Derek Jeter's workout the other day, you know, and I'm like, oh, is he fantastic? He's an amazing athlete, amazing athlete, right? And mm -hmm. and yes, that's his program. Um, you know, uh, you think I can do that? You think I can jump up on a balancing ball? I said, well, we gotta first get you to balance. Why? We gotta Why? first get yeah, exactly. We gotta first get you to balance properly before we can even you know even remotely yeah. think of considering something like that. Yeah. You know? At the heart of all of this is how can I help the person sitting across from me, right? Exactly. What's the best thing for them, even if it's not exactly what they're looking for? That's right. What do they need, right? right? Frank, this has been fantastic. I, I really appreciate 
getting the chance to, to dig through owners' mindsets and see what makes them tick and, and where their focuses are in terms of growing their business. I can't thank you enough, and, and we'll have to check in with you down the road. And yeah, see sure. Thank you. Check in anytime you want. I appreciate you having me, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Frank. To everyone who tuned in, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's up, Gym Lords? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. My name is Bree. I will be your host today, and I'm here with James from True Form Fitness in Del Mar, California. What's up, James? How are you today? Hey, good to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I appreciate it. All right, so let's jump right into the details. What is it that made you want to own your own gym? How did you get started? Well, uh, I've been a trainer for about seven years at this point. Um, and it was, it was quite an accident that I ended up doing it. Um, I left the military in the UK. And then um, and when I came over to the US, I, I was kind of looking like, what, what would I do? How would I reinvent myself? And um, I've always been into fitness. You know, and I thought to myself, OK, well, that would be the quickest thing to do. Mm-hmm. So I jumped into it, but um, being in gyms really just wasn't an enjoyable experience. It wasn't the training. It was just not, not enjoying the business models and the business practices of a lot of the gyms that I was working at. And, um, and I've been at sort of the highest end from the beginning. I started my career at Equinox. I've been through the Bay Club. Um, you know, I've been to sort of big uh, country clubs. And um, I, I just didn't enjoy the culture it felt like there, the, there wasn't enough emphasis on the quality of the product. It was too much emphasis on, there was too much emphasis on making numbers and sales and generating leads and, and, and all the business side of it and, and not quite enough focus on what we were actually doing and how we were presenting with our clients. So right. um, it didn't take long for me to want to go independent. And uh, so I, did, I became independent after you know, a, a while with um, big box gyms. And um, I've maintained those relationships successfully training at people's houses for two or three years. And then um, through COVID, what really amazed me was the strength of those relationships. So when, it, when COVID hit, I went virtual and uh, 100% of my clients went virtual with me and we stuck it out for the three months. So, uh, and the three months I'm referring to is the initial lockdown period. And then... Mm-hmm. After that, we gradually like came back out of our shells and we're doing like social distancing outside their garages, making sure masks are on and being very careful with it. But it's kind of interesting how your relationships with clients get tested over these sort of humps. And, and I think it's very much about like, like friendships. You form friendships when people kind of annoy you and you decide that they're kind of worth, worth getting over and forgiving. And then you end up being a little bit closer because you've given them that. So 
that's how it kind of felt with like me and my clients. We, we jumped over so many hurdles together um, that it felt like I had a really strong client base, but I, I really wanted a way to work with them closely and not be um, in their garages anymore and also have the opportunity to build the business and grow the business without having to do a ton of marketing. Um, so that was what made me decide to have like a physical location, a storefront in the center of somewhere like Del Mar Mm -hmm. um, so that I could, I could have my existing clients come in, but also have the opportunity to meet new clients who would come in off the street, um, without having to do a ton of, um, web marketing and pumping a bunch of money. If I'm honest in a direction that I don't know is going to work. That's, that's right. kind of how marketing has felt to me. I just didn't know whether or not my dollars were going to reach mm -hmm. my audience, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We definitely don't want to be just kind of throwing money out there and just hoping that we get a good return. You know, yeah, it doesn't really cool. make sense. And especially in the beginning, when you're first building the business, it's like, you want to make sure that we're getting a return on investment, you know? So uh, I can completely understand that. So now within your facility today, you're just personal training, right? You're just doing one-on-one -on -one sessions, correct? Yeah. Okay. And how many clients are you currently working with? Um, so it's, it's between 12 and 15. Um, and they, they all have varying training schedules, you know, so I normally count my weeks, uh, I count everything in number of sessions I do a week rather than number of clients. So normally when someone asks me how many clients I've got, I actually can't normally tell them. Um, but yeah, the number of sessions a week is sort of what I count and people train. Um, I don't train anybody once a week. Um, so everybody's either two or three. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's a nice sort of same group, but they take up a decent volume of my time. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And now, um, how do you go about memberships? Are you doing memberships? Are you doing packages? How are they paying for the services that you're providing? Yeah. So it's just packages. Um, wh whatever people want to commit to, they're welcome to there. There is a $5 price difference between each level that they commit to. So the biggest package is 48 and it goes down to just like a single session. Um, if people just want to learn something or, or need a particular problem fixed that I can deal with pretty quickly, then, um, you know, that that's going to be the case. Um, my older clients, the ones I've been training for six years, uh, the ones that, that gave me the foundation on which to, to build this new business, uh, they have, they kind of have a different setup with me. They're welcome to buy whatever they want, uh, whenever they want. And they don't, they don't commit to the to the standard pricing that's, that's applied to the new place. These people are called OGs, you know, they're, they're the yeah. people that with me <laughs> back at the big box gym. They left the big box gym with me and they've been mm -hmm. with me through COVID and everything else. And we've been to weddings and funerals together and, you know, ups and downs and everything else. So, you know, these people have a permanent place in the OG uh, pricing card. So they, they just do whatever they want, whenever they want. Um, right. But you know, everyone that's come on at, at Trueform uh, is, is, is in the package model. Okay. All right. And now do you offer the option for any semi-private sessions taking like two or three people at a time just to allow you to serve more people within the time that you have? Because as one man show, you know, your time is actually limited throughout the day, how many clients you can actually serve. Um, so is that something that you offer or something that you're considering in the future at all as you start to grow? Honestly, no, um, I, I don't, I don't currently offer it. Um, and if someone was to, you know, if one of my clients was to come in or if I was to do a consultation with somebody and they were to ask me, Oh, would you be open to training two of us at the same time or whatever? Mm -hmm. I would absolutely entertain that. No problem at all. 
Um, it's just not something I actively look for or advertise. So, um, and I think that's down to the style of training I, I offer and also the, the type of client that I am niched to attracting. Uh, I typically work with the over 50s population. So okay. it, it's not something they typically ask for. Okay. All right. And now as far as growth goes, what are you looking to do? Where are you looking to take the business? Um, you know, still somewhat new as far as the facility itself goes. So what is the kind of big picture goal for you? I, I definitely envisage um, having multiple studios around San Diego. So at the moment, I've got Trueform Fitness Del Mar. The, the way it's been set up, it was deliberately that way. So the website is even Trueform Fitness Del Mar. My website, uh, my email address is the, is the Del Mar. So, and, and it's also been themed in that way. So the, the idea is that each studio would be um, tipping its hat to the area in which it exists. So Del Mar, for example, I've got this beautiful ornate surfboard that's been carved and that's hanging, you know, it's sort of sitting in the corner of the room next to a, a plant. And um, so when you walk in, you know, you get the sense you're at the beach, right? Because right. the studio is a couple hundred feet from the beach. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. That sounds like a very nice setup for sure. Yeah. It's, not, it's not the worst place to be. No, definitely not. Uh, so now, what is your timeline on that when would you like to make those other locations happen and kind of what's the plan to get you there i think one a year is a reasonable time time frame for that um so the second one i'm, I'm always scouting for the right location um i almost i almost found the right location but um a couple of people beat me beat me to the application process oh, man. <laughs> so yeah i'm a huge believer that if it's meant to be mine it will be absolutely uh, Certainly this studio came about like that. It was, it was a pretty funny story how I ended up with this one. So yeah, definitely, definitely one a year is fine. But if that doesn't happen, I'm, I'm not, it's not like I'm, it's, it seems like an arbitrary goal to me. So it's like, it's a nice timeline to think about, but if circumstances aren't there, it doesn't feel right. I'm certainly not going to force it and push it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So now one thing that I really like to kind of get into is, so you have 12 to 15 clients currently. From what I know, San Diego's probably not a very low cost area as far as rent goes, especially if you're right on the water there. Um, so if I had to take an educated guess, I would say that you're probably a higher ticket service as far as your training goes, um, which is a good thing. That's what we'd like to hear. Um, so is that the case? Are you providing, you know, a higher level of service, a higher ticket for the training that you provide? You don't have to get into super specific details if you don't want to. You're more than welcome to if you are comfortable sharing pricing. Um, but, you know, this is something that a lot of personal trainers actually struggle with is the pricing piece and charging what they're worth. Yeah. So what does that look like for you? So um, I've always I've always sort of done my own thing with this situation, and other I, I you know I know other people um, who have been operating at a higher level in terms of just what they charge, not in terms of the, the product, but just what they charge, or yeah, um, and that they've always encouraged me to to charge more or or to you know gather money in different ways, and I've always said to them, you know, your business is your business, and it works for you, and. Mm -hmm my business works for me in the way that I want it to. 
because what you do in terms of your price structure and everything else like that, it's going to impact the overall condition of your business. And for me, if, it depends what your goal is. If your goal is like just maximize revenue and you're prepared to do all of the bits and pieces that are included in that, then fine. I totally understand going for a much higher ticket price and then uh, doing all the bits and pieces that you need to do to generate that. But there's something that goes along with that, which is higher client turnover. You know, you're, you're not going to see as many people just continue to renew and renew and renew and renew reliably because the higher ticket price means that they're thinking about whether or not this is of value to them at that level. And a lot of the time, you know, you can solve problems for people that is worth that problem. But then once the problem's solved, they, they're often going to say, you know what, I think I can replicate this on my own and it won't cost me, you know, whatever, whatever it is that I'm being charged and they'll sort of move on. My, my answer to that has been loyalty and stability has been a lot more important to me than a little bit higher of, of monthly revenue. And the reason I say that is because one of the biggest reasons people leave the industry is because of the unpredictability of income. It's very difficult a lot of the time for trainers to manage their revenue stream. It's very difficult for them to make predictions about how much is coming in this month or that month. Or when people do buy big packages, how do they budget that money over the months that the training is going to be provided for, right? A lot of the time people can get a, a big package, let's say the one buys 48, um, hand over a few thousand dollars, and then they think, great, this is my money to spend, right? And then let's say the client comes to you two and a half months in of a five month package, and they're like, you know what, I've got to move away or whatever. What are you going to do? You know, you've got to give that money back. So um it's one of those things where i prefer to keep my pricing at a level that is um competitive that reflects what i'm worth and what my expenses are and at the same time is not is not high enough that it causes people to think twice about whether or not they're going to continue to renew on the next package and that's i think partially responsible for the, the reason i have the same clients for the length of time that i have a lot of my clients have been with me for many years you know six six or six and a half years for some of the longer ones and underneath that there's people at four three two one and there's no grumblings about people leaving you know everybody's everybody's sticking around everybody's going to do another one everyone's going to keep coming back and that to me means a lot more than having to hustle more than i am because i work a lot of hours in the week i service a lot of sessions i don't want to add additional hustle onto that for an extra five bucks a session no so yeah, a couple of things with that. I mean, I, I completely agree in the personal training aspect. A lot of people aren't charging monthly, you know, and that's the thing where where we talk about packages. It's like you're selling multiple times a year, you know, so that does make the income very unpredictable. So and I mean, I, I spoke to a personal trainer the other day that was not even selling packages. He was doing per session. And I was like, you're selling your clients 160 times a year, as opposed to selling them one time, you know? So if you can get people on a monthly reoccurring rate for their training packages, that makes the income a bit more predictable, you know, because when you're in a situation where you are doing packages, yeah, you're getting that money up front, but then you're waiting till the package runs out to renew again, potentially, you know, if they want to renew again. Um, and depending on the size of the package, that can take you a long time to, to receive money again, you know, so it is very hard to keep track of. So 
have you ever considered doing a monthly rate and, and getting people on like a six month package or like a 12 month package where they're actually paying monthly for the services? I, I mean, I, I personally have a mixture of the two. So I, I, what I okay. like is I, my old school clients who are on, they're, they're kind of on grandfathered rates. You know, they'll, they'll always be lagging behind where I'm at at the moment because they didn't join the business when I had this studio and everything else. And they've stuck with me when I was in their garages or my garage or, you know what I mean, whatever it was. So these, these people that came on, they'll, you know, they'll always be a bit behind everybody else. Um, and what I do is I use those people as a monthly renewal source mm-hmm. because I can communicate to them like family members, right? So right. every month, you know, they just Venmo me or write me a check or whatever it is they want to do. But, um, but those people buy the next month's training just there and then you know, for that small chunk, right? And that's what, that's what I've kept them all at. So that covers my bills, that covers my rent, it covers my, you know, studio problems, it covers, right. It covers everything, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, the other people that have bigger packages, those people are the ones that, you know, renew at 48 a time or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so that, that income supplements the monthly income. So um, right. I, I don't want to, I wouldn't do it all, because it's a, if you're doing monthly for the number of clients I've got, it can be a bit of an admin nightmare. Um, and I also want to avoid 3% fees. I, I don't want to pay 3% fees to card issuing, you know, and, you know, card transactions and also to um, subscription-based software models because, you know, typically you pay the Stripe fee and you pay like another 3% on top for a recurring subscription. Certainly, I know that's the case with uh, the, the software system I use. Mm-hmm. So in order to just avoid that, I just have these personal connections with people and they pay me through other sources, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So yeah, that's how I, that's how I navigate that. It's, it's like a, they swing. I'll have a, you know, big packages coming in while there's monthlies coming in and it just keeps rolling. Right. Yeah. That's good to have both, you know, because like you said, that monthly revenue provides the stability for the business and then the the other things are more supplemental which is good because there are so many personal trainers who are just relying on those packages and it is really hard on a monthly basis to to know how much money you have coming in obviously you can see when people are starting to run down on their packages and may be renewing but there's no guarantee there you know so it's it's hard to kind of predict that income now as far as getting the word out there, so we talked a little bit about the marketing piece earlier and how obviously we don't want to be throwing money out there and just kind of crossing our fingers and hoping for the best. So how are you getting the word out there, acquiring new clients? Obviously, we're looking at growth within the facility now and into other locations. So how are you getting the word out there and acquiring new clients to see that growth within the facility? Well, this is an interesting scenario, and um, if it's all right, I do I do kind of want to um, drop something in there, just which relates to the last topic. Oh yeah, um, absolutely. Any trainers listening, you know, one of the things that's really important for um, the financial management side of things is your your capacity to predict what's about to happen and to navigate it ahead of time. Yeah. So I never I never have a renewal conversation with anyone any later than a month out mm-hmm. so when when i know that a 48 pack has got one month left of training that's the time i'm having the renewal conversation mm-hmm. and um 
And I, I just ask them to, to let me know whether or not they have intentions to continue or not, because it's very important to get them to start to consider that uh, ahead of time and to give you one month's notice so that you've got an opportunity to respond and start your marketing efforts or, you know, know that you need to acquire a new client ahead of time. Right. So, and you know, no one has ever had an issue with that. So don't be afraid to have these conversations with your clients on an ongoing basis. You should be checking in with them regularly anyway. Absolutely. So you, you should know whether or not they, they have intention to keep training for an extended period of time. It's even a question I ask at the beginning when I'm doing a consultation, I say to them, you know, is this something you're looking to do while achieving a goal? Or is this something that you see as being an ongoing part of your life and that, you know, we're potentially going to have an ongoing relationship? And most of them are all like, yeah, no, I, I envision this as a long-term thing and whatever. So you can get that idea right from the from the initial consultation. It's not a bad question to ask. Right. Um, but certainly asking for renewals a month ahead of time just uh, so that you get the chance to react to it and that they aren't uh, having to think about it the week of. Because right. a lot of the time they're not thinking about it yeah. until, until you raise the issue. They, they don't even know a lot of the time how many sessions they have left on the books. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have to initiate and you've got to recognize that they're going to need a little bit of space to think. If you don't have the renewal conversation with them until they've got like a couple sessions left and they haven't had a chance to think about it while still seeing you, you can let them like leave without any sessions on the books, have no reason to come back and then have to think about hammering out all this money it's i think it's important to convert money into sessions so that the mm -hmm. client then just feels at ease with it and is not thinking about how much they're paying you per hour they're just thinking about i've got x number of sessions on the books right. and that changes how they feel about it very much so i always keep them with a number of sessions on the books more often than not they renew while they have two three four five sessions still on the books um, and that takes that gives them the time to think about something ahead of time while still coming in, while still experiencing that endorphin rush, right? And, and still having the opportunity to talk things through with you. And it gives you that chance to have back and forth, you know, to be flexible yeah. and to say, look, it doesn't have to look like the first package. If, if you started at three, but you feel like right now you'd rather take advantage of one yourself and just do two a week, great, have that conversation. You've got the room to give that a shot and for them to think about it and see how their future with you is going to look. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And keeping in mind that, you know, when you do have those conversations with people, that's because you are looking to continue helping them. You know, a lot of people are afraid to ask for renewals because they're afraid to ask for money. But it's like, you know, when you sat down with them initially on the first day that they come, they came in, hopefully you've established some goals that they're looking to achieve and kind of pointing out the importance of a long-term situation a lifestyle you know making this part of their life to improve their life in whatever way you defined on day one that's what it's about so not being afraid to have those conversations as well is obviously good for the business but it's also really good to help your clients continue uh maintain results or continue making progress toward their goals so at the end of the day you know that's what it's about absolutely um and and if you if you do go with a client base that is already aware of the fact that their, their goal is longevity, you know, they, that's why I work with an older population as well, is that, that these, these are a group of people who are very determined to maintain their mobility, maintain their quality of life or improve it. And they recognize that they're in, you know, they've shifted to a different stage of their life and they're not happy with 
the limitations that they're currently experiencing. Right. They, they've worked hard professionally or they've, mm -hmm. they've amassed wealth, you know, one way or the other. And these people are now prepared and willing to invest that money exactly. in, in working with someone consistently and over time because they recognize that they need to be stronger. Their doctors have told them they've got to exercise more. They've got to get their blood pressure down. They've got to, you know, stay away from pre-diabetic pre status, right? So these people right. are very motivated. And so it, it doesn't, in my experience anyway, these, the, the clients I'm working with, you know, over 50s and economically empowered, are not thinking twice about making an investment in their health at this stage of their life. Right. Right. Absolutely. Now, as far as growth goes or goals and, you know, getting, helping more people that are in that situation, how are we doing that right now? Um, and I think that goes back to, to the question that I kind of accidentally sidestepped to go backwards was that, um, That's okay. was that the, um, the idea of working with more people, like how could I, how can I reach out and work with more people? I, I don't know that I am. Um, and also how am I getting new business? You know, that was the, the client base. Like I, I only have an X number of hours in a week. Right. And this is a conversation I was having with someone who's uh, also going to be a, a guest on your podcast that I've connected you with um, a gentleman that I recently met skydiving. Um, oh, that's he, awesome. <laughs> yeah. We just, you know, cause you're, you're at the drop zone all day waiting for, waiting for a jump and we're just, you know, messing around and, and it turns out, oh, he's a gym owner too. And so we, we, you know, hit it off and started having a chat about this. And, uh, you know, at the moment I'm still in the phase of trading dollars for time, right? Like he, yeah. he's, he's a gym owner. Like I'm a personal training studio owner and I do the training, right? So he's got people coming into the gym, just like you, right? You, you have people paying membership fees and everything else like that. And that, that makes a lot of sense, but um, I'm still trading dollars for time. Um, I, I don't really, I don't really envisage being able to support more people in a smaller you know, in the same amount of time at the moment, because what I offer is so personalized. Um, it, it's not generic in any way, shape or form. And each person's nervous system presents to me differently. So it, it's so, it's so niche and it's so laser focused to the actual individual standing in front of me that it, it would be impossible for me to be prescriptive in any way, shape or form to a mass population with my approach. Right. I know that mm -hmm. a lot of people make, you know, a great business out of having general fitness videos and everything else like that for people to follow along with or YouTube channels or whatever it is. Um, and this gentleman definitely suggested because I, I helped him and his partner at the drop zone, what they were having trouble with mobility for being able to be in the right positions for, um, for flight, right? And so I helped them with shoulder range of motion and um, some glute issues really quickly. And they were like, dude, you've got to get, <laughs> you've got to get this on a YouTube channel. You've got to show people this, whatever. So, you know, I'm thinking about it, but in terms of uh, new clients, the, the first thing I've got is I actually don't need any. So mm -hmm. the, the, if, you, if you look at your goal for marketing, it's typically to generate more revenue because you need more clients, right? I, I don't need more clients, so I don't do anything. Um, and I typically get enough people walking past the studio and calling me to say like, okay, you know, if I want one, there's one on my wait list. So mm -hmm. I don't really do any, any marketing. I have the storefront where it is deliberately and I pay a little bit of extra rent so that I'm on the street, you know, level mm -hmm. because people walking past see the, see the studio. I leave lights on, on a timer from the you know sun, sunrise to after sunset to like 9, 9.30 p.m. Mm -hmm. because there's a busy restaurant next to me. 
Right. Uh, everybody can look into the studio. When the lights are off, you actually you get a reflection off the front of the glass. You can't, right, see, so you can't see. Yeah. So I leave all the lights on a timer just so that people driving past or walking past can see in the studio mm -hmm. um, and can see what's there and, and envision themselves working there. But that that's that's been enough for me. Um, mm -hmm. And I I really think that that doing a good job in a small area is good enough marketing. I, I really don't think I need to do any more than that. And, and I think that my business is showing me that that's, that's the case. Okay. All right. So not really focused on growing the clientele base and not really focused on generating more revenue for the business at this point. No, because one of the things that I've spoken to business coaches about in the past and stuff, and they're like, James, you're leaving like huge amounts of money on the table. And I, said, I appreciate that. But my quality of life to access that will be different. And that's not what I'm, that's, I'm not here for that. I'm not here to amass wealth, you know, for, for amassing wealth's sake. I'm here to live the quality of life that I want to live. And so when I said to them, look, you know, I want this much spare time so that I can work out myself or I can meet friends for lunch or whatever it is that I want to do. And I don't want to work past this time in the evening and I don't want to start past this time in the morning and the rest of it, I'll generate as much revenue as I can in that period of time. And as long as it's above this amount, then mm -hmm. I'm laughing, right? And so that's how, I, that's how I'm approaching this. This is my business built for me, by me, so that I can live the quality of life that I want. And so maybe I'm a little bit out of the norm in that way, in that I'm not just in business to make as much money as possible, but I'm in business to support my life, my lifestyle, and to, to maintain that passion that I have for doing what I do. I know from experience that if you do too much of something that you love, it, you, you stop loving it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that, I just don't want that to be the case for me. You know, I enjoy what I'm doing. I'm good at what I do. And I feel like if I stretch myself thin, then my quality for each individual that comes in is going to go down and I'm not going to be proud of that. Mm -hmm. So the amount of time that I'm working at the moment and the amount of revenue that I'm generating, I'm, I'm happy with it. Mm -hmm. So now as you start to grow in the future, you're going to have to hire staff, right? Right. Because how you can't be in three places at once, unfortunately, you know, if we could, we would be, but we can't. Um, so are you considering adding staff to the location that you have before expanding into other locations? Or are you more so kind of wanting to keep that location that you have your own personal training studio and then when you expand taking on staff at the other locations what does that kind of look like yeah so um i, I had a plan uh, initially I, I took on somebody um who so my first thing i'll say is my studio is not that big all right it's it's mm -hmm. bigger than most people's personal training studios but it's not it's not huge right it's about yeah. 500 square feet okay um, there, there's it's a very functional training style. So the biggest piece of equipment I have in there is a, a rogue flat foot squat rack, right? And that has all the multi-tools and everything you can think of on it. But it's the biggest piece of equipment that's in there. And it's in the back corner. It's out of the way, right? The rest of it is just open space with stuff on the walls and stuff like that. So, mm -hmm. you know, it feels spacious. But when there's two trainers in there training two clients, it's not that big. Mm -hmm. And so I really wanted to make sure that I had someone in there that I knew and I could work with on a daily basis and that I felt would work, you know, for the brand and for um, sharing space, right? Like, right. Could, I, could I play well with this other, right? right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I had someone who uh, I, I actually trained when he was uh, 16 um, in high school and 
he went to, uh, you know, I've, I've been in touch with him ever since. I've been sort of a mentor in his life. I used to have a tech startup in the health and wellness industry. And uh, he interned for me when I, when I had that. And we had a great time. You know, he always showed himself to be a young man that I saw so much potential in. And I thought, if I had an opportunity to work with you, I would definitely do it. So mm-hmm. when he was leaving college and telling me he didn't know what he was going to do with his life or, you know, what, what direction he was going to go in, I said, look, I'm just opening this studio in, in Del Mar. Mm-hmm. I think that your communication, your interpersonal skills, you know, he's, he's been athletic ever since, I, you know, his whole life. He's been playing rugby, whatever, and then training with me. He loved the approach. He's always kept it on. So he, I just said to him, look, why don't you become a trainer, right? Like this, just come work with me and, and you know, you'll be you'll be on your feet in no time. And so he thought about it and accepted. And he came in, he did his NASM, and then I started putting him through um, Z Health which is the neurocentric style of training that I operate under Dr. Eric Cobb. Um, and he, he, you know, he, he just hasn't taken to it. He just hasn't taken to it. So he recently gave me notice. He said he's going to move on and, and go somewhere else. So in, in that way, I thought I would have that second trainer mm-hmm. in there with me. And that after being with me for about a year, so the idea was he was going to be on like a year's apprenticeship. And at the end of that year, he would sort of graduate and, his split with me would change, but also the idea was that I would open a studio somewhere else and that I would send him into that studio as the primary trainer. So right. that I had, I had eyes and ears on the ground in there while I wasn't there. Right. So um, with someone I trusted who could keep the quality of training up and, and keep the standard of customer service, what as, as to what I recognize the brand needs to, to represent, mm-hmm. but because he's given notice, you know, that's obviously changed the plan a little bit. So um, I, I'm not envisaging, in, in, I don't envisage bringing another trainer into the space I have at the moment mm-hmm. um, because the criteria that I want to work with are just aren't there at the moment. If someone right. shows up and they seem to be awesome and I'm like, yeah, cool, let's give it a shot. No worries. But at the moment, I don't plan to bring anybody else in. Um, I am probably going to have someone come in in the evenings and the weekends because I don't use it on the weekends. It's just dead. Yep. So outside of like reality TV shows, renting my space, um, which is pretty interesting, has happened. Um, <laughs> you know, there is still an opportunity for the space to be used when I'm not in there. So I'll pursue that. Right. And then when, it's, when it's time to bring on a, a second location, mm-hmm. then it's just going to be hiring staff to, to get in there and, and, you know, just spending some time with them, mentoring them, keeping the quality up as best I can. Right. Absolutely. All right. Perfect. So... As we start to wrap up here, where can the listeners find you on social media? Uh, so I'm on Instagram. I'm going to be honest. I haven't been tremendously active on there, partly because of the idea of not needing clients. Um, so, uh, but I do recognize the, the importance of engagement there. So if someone does engage with me there, I will absolutely step up my game. Um, <laughs> it's True Form Fitness Del Mar. So it's just on Instagram. It's True Form Fitness Del Mar. Um, the website is also trueformfitnessdelmar.com. All right. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Perfect. All righty. So James from True Form Fitness in Del Mar, California. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. It's been so great having you on the show. Thank you very much, Maria. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And to all of the listeners out there, make sure that you subscribe so that you'll be updated on future episodes of the show. In the meantime, keep killing it out there and we'll catch you on the flip side. Jim Lords out. 
Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Words Podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk fitness business with gym owners who are in the trenches, changing lives in their area. I'm your host, Dominic. Today, I'm here with my guests, owners of JG MMA, Dave and George. How's it going today? Great. Good. Good. Thanks for having us. I'm excited to have you guys on. This is going to be an action-packed episode. Let's just hop into it. What's JG MMA all about? Oh my goodness. <laughs> Man, I uh, just opened, uh, I opened a school when I first moved here because I just wanted to create students good enough so I could train. So the, the plan was not even ready. I said I was going to have a school, but I opened out of necessity. I needed to get some wrestlers, some people in karate schools, however it was, to learn jiu-jitsu so I could keep on training and developing good students for myself, for myself so I could get to the UFC. I only had one or two uh, training partners. Um, I started teaching jiu-jitsu in a, in a school in Centerville a long time ago, uh, getting paid minimal, $8 an hour. That grew into one year five, the second year six, the third year was 30 or 40. And then I opened my own school, Middletown, still with the same mentality that I just wanted uh, school fighters so I could all make it to, to, to the big leagues. And uh, the membership, I... Uh, <laughs> It was a good structure, man. It started a long time ago, but I just wanted a team of fighters. That was my goal. And uh, I wanted the school and the students to be able to at least pay for itself. Uh, numerous times I had to use my fight purses when I was already fighting to pay for the rent to keep my school open because there was no revenue. Like, there's a lot of people training, a lot of up-and-coming fighters coming. I was training a lot of people, but obviously money was never um, my priority or however I was thinking about it, it always became my priority in the month when the bills came up. And you don't have enough money, you go, duh, what am I doing with this? And then I used to fight and use my fight purse to pay for the expense of the gym while everybody still trained for free. Yes, it's back in the day. Don't judge. How many? How many guys did you From zero, um, 16. From scratch, they were at some point with us, regardless of being... Uh, lucrative finance deals. Everybody was driving to us. Uh, Chris Lido, everybody was Joe Riggs. Brett was here. A uh, whole cast, pretty much the UFC. I had we had 14 UFC fighters in sparring days every Tuesday and Thursday. Like Matt Brown started with me. You know, everybody, Dustin Hazlitt, and I can go all day with the list. You know, all, all of them Tommy Hayden, Chris Mislak, um, Rich Franklin, every, Rich Franklin you know, uh, with us every day, Josh Rafferty, me, me truck, a, a lot of people, a lot of people started for me. Prince McLean is still making a comeback. So, so many. It became like the mecca of the MMA, but 
nobody had skimmed the game. And Rich used to often say, like, Rich, you can try, let me run your finances for a little bit. Like, does it make sense, George? You're coaching, you're fighting, and you're giving play, people a place to train. I'm like, it's working, isn't it? And it goes, nah. <laughs> to me, I was like, it's working. We're in the UFC, and we have training partners, and they're doing good. It was like you have a business. A business is supposed to be profitable. You're not supposed to use your fighters to keep the doors open for these assholes to go <laughs> train, you know? Because it is the loyalty, man. The loyalty between a coach and a fighter, the relationship is very biased. And that's for everybody to know, every coach out there. They leave whenever they want. They quit whenever they want. They can switch teams whenever they want. They travel, they get a job, they get hooked up. I'm going to play the harp now. I don't want to. And us, we're always going to be there for them. We always show up. We're always here to teach. Always. So I, I always say the relationship is very biased. It's not fair. All coach and a fighter. Numerous times you train somebody for years and they get so much better. And all of a sudden, boom, they're gone. They disappear. So much time and effort in somebody that has no contract. Not, contract wouldn't work with us anyway. I want somebody to want to be around us. But seriously, years and years and years, and they disappear. And that's the story of a coach. That's literally, we sign up for that. We develop a relationship. We care for them. We help them lose weight, take them to trips. And they kind of start developing, and they disappear. Their new generation starts. Every year seems to be like this for us now, too. Like, for instance, the whole Muay Thai class, we're all back to the basics. Because last year, we were going back to the basics. So all this new wave of people come in over and over and over. And we treat them the same, and we treat them hard, and, and we, they train hard to get better. And there's about rotation. Who Those who stay, they always get the results they're looking for. And most people that start martial arts, they want instant gratification, which is the opposite. If you're a realtor, if you want something right away, martial arts is a long-term investment. And it's a journey, and it's supposed to be enjoyable from beginning to end. And everybody that comes with a different perspective, thinking like, in six months, I want to do this. In four months, I want to fight. You can't put a time frame in your learning curve. So you have to educate them from the beginning. Um, I got better at teaching as far as giving value to the students that deserve. And they've given me all the structure that I need to, to just really be able to focus on what I'm good at. Instead of focus on what I'm good at and be stressed about the leaking and the bleeding at the other end that I wasn't good at. So it took me 10, 10 plus years of, of, of running a gym like this. Well known, everybody knows. Very successful, no money. Champion fighters everywhere, no money. Yeah. And then uh, it changed. Poof! Not my fault. Not my credit. So we kept the we right. kept the same. So everything George you asked you asked to tell you about JJ May. So everything that that George just said, we just kept that same mentality when we when we decided to go. To, we met in 2015. We went into business together in 2017. Um, we kept that exact same mentality of what we wanted to do. Um, the mission statement, what our mission statement was truly going to be. Um, bring, bring martial arts to the public. Don't hide in gym, um, hide in uh, warehouses anymore. Don't hide away from the public, but bring combative sports out in front of people. Um, but we kept that same mentality. So we kept, uh, we kept true to our game, um, so to speak. And then we just built a business around staying true to our, true to our game. Cool. So um, I want to dig some more into that, but I want to talk about some of the other stuff you have going on too. So on top of your model of uh, growing into from one gym that wasn't profitable to multiple gyms, 
you've now branched out in a couple of other areas. So one is you've you've gone through some different uh, trials with it, it sounds like, but now you've figured out a way that you can incorporate some partnerships, some relationships with other type of training facilities where you can have some mutually beneficial relationships there. So uh, what, does that, what does that look like? What does that arm of the business entail? So we've gone through multiple iterations of, of growth, right? Um, we challenge ourselves every year to continue to, to be bigger, to be better, to get better, right? To get smarter. So one of the iterations we're going through now um, is a gym care program um, that we use where we step into existing gyms that um, are looking for partnerships. Maybe they have dead space. COVID changed a lot in the world. So we're changing with COVID, right? Um, so we'll go in. We have a, a successful relationship with uh, Messer CrossFit, which is in Lebanon, uh, Lebanon, Ohio. So we actually sublease inside of Messer's um, location, and we run our own mat space, our own, our own classes there. Um, we've actually helped them get to a place in partnership where they're ready to go into a bigger building. So we'll actually grow with them. We'll stay inside there. Um, for all the gym owners out there, um, it's a profitable partnership if you have the right partnership because mm -hmm. you – you typically have the same students, so one of you draws the other, or it's a retention method for a CrossFit school. It's another way to retain students, uh, or vice versa. It's a great trade-off. For us, it's a very low overhead model. Um, we look at, you know, besides start startup costs, you're looking at insurance and payroll um, as your, your top overhead, and everything else is, is bottom line um, with the lease payment. So it actually makes sense for us to continue to grow that way. Um, again, the challenge there is making sure that the partnership is right. Um, making sure that the vision of, so Messer, who owns MesserFit, um, he has to have the same mindset that we have, um, which is, you know, creating that environment where people want to be there. We show up on time. We're not late. We show up on time. You can't be partners with somebody that doesn't fit that say it'll go to pieces. Um, we don't, uh, we don't abuse, we don't abuse our members. Now with that said, jujitsu, okay. I knew George was going to say, we don't, we don't, we don't not abuse our members to make so, them better fighters. We don't, the, we don't punch children. <laughs> we don't hit women in the kickboxing class. We don't. But with, with that said, you know, you have to share the same, you have to share the same mentality. And that's why it's worked so well with Messer. Um, we interview a lot of other, we interview other gyms, ask, but um, we've been very selective on that to make sure that we, we fit um, and what we bring that what we offer is something we actually bring in gym owners to our schools and give them a trial, give them a free trial just to come try our classes. Like, is this what you want with you? Um, how would this fit? How would this fit your members? Um, how does this fit your business? So that's, that's an iteration that's working for us now uh, post COVID. Um, also, with post-COVID, um, we've put a lot more energy into our um, apparel line of business, right? So what we do with apparel, and we're continuing to grow that and what that looks like across the locations and our online presence um, and our ability to even custom custom make apparel, like, a, a, you know, click and drag type of format where, you know, customers can actually go online and create their own uh, JGMA product, so... Um, that's that's where we're playing now. Um, I've got other ideas that we're kicking around, and I'll continue to I'll continue to try to grow in the space. Like with as business changes, I know a lot of folks are moving to like online training pieces like that. Um, George and I really focus on staying true to ourselves. Um, as I said before, um, 
we built the business off of the way that we wanted to do business. And we have to be willing to take business and change it and morph it with our customers, but we want to stay true to true to our grassroots of jujitsu. Like you're not going to see us do an online belt program. You're just not going to see that with us. It's not going to happen because that's not true to us. That's not what we believe. And we both have been in agreement since the day we met that combative sports saved our lives, changed our lives and made us who we are today, whether it be successful in the UFC, um, whether it be successful in just personal lives, it saved our lives and it took us from bad places and put us in good places. Um, and that's what we want to continue to stay true. We're not going to change who we are. We're growing. So I might, might interrupt here because and we're the same. It's when two alpha males get along is a really huge recipe for success. Took a while for us to really get it really in sync a little bit, but now we're best friends and it's works so much better this way. Uh, we had some trial and errors because a lot of people want help from him. It's from him. He's the brain behind the entire operation when it comes to business. Like, for instance, it took about three or four months for to get Westchester, or five, six months to get our main location straightened out. Or it's 10 times bigger, better, and prettier, and he did in a month. Like, he learns it. But we had a lot of relationships that we tried to start with people that want us to carry them instead of, like, Messer is a good example. Like, he wants to grow. He has initiative. He's got drive. He wants to train. He wants. To, he's a go forward person. He, I, I don't, they've tried before. A lot of people that want help. They want help. No, they don't want help. They want you to do everything for them, and tell them how to just pretty much just do the work for them as they sit and do nothing usually. Because a lot of gym owners are the ones that work out and say the least. I'm gonna tell you this the opposite. We want the gym to roll. Our supposed to run so smoothly that we can train anytime we want. His goal is not to be the, the biggest gym owner, neither is mine in the world. If it happens to be so great, we have more employees, more people happy, he wants to be a world champion. He's still competing. So I love that. that he, he built gym, uh, school to the, to the point that I can now retire and coach. I'm all messed up. And he can finally reverse. Didn't have time when he was growing up, raising the family, corporate jobs. All that. Now he has time to really train and just compete, which makes me so happy. Because didn't have that that chance. Our time frames were switched in life. I had my 20s open, so I was just literally fighting. I have no responsibilities, no family. Dave didn't have that real chance to just dedicate himself to him and just to fight and everything else taken care of. And he's getting to that point now where he can just compete and fight and still pursue, you know, the number one ranking in the world, which is something nobody can take care of, take away from you. And I truly believe that he's going to win. He's going to be a world champion before he retires. You get time to train, and it's easy to run. And he can do everything literally from this desk. It's annoying sometimes. Like, he can do it from the phone. He can do it from the desk. He can do it from whatever he wants, and then he comes out, goes to the mats, and trains. You know, he finds time to train, finds time to get better, exercise it. Had Achilles surgery, and is already moving around, competed after the, the ruptured Achilles. We're, we're go-getters, man. Like, we're always training. I still spar. And I'm almost 50, I'm 45, and I have knee reconstruction. We, we train. So if the students don't follow, we don't have to follow because where's the cheap? Our actions, the way we the way we behave, how much we train, how much we, we push ourselves, and how much why we'll be hypocrites if we demand from the students. So it's good because the the entire environment of our schools is the same. People train hard, people love being there, people are motivated, people are inspired, they they pay forward. It's, it's a way to make your life all the way better just using the gateways of martial arts. Did it for me? 
did it for him. But there's a way to do it. It's taking it seriously, being on time, being dedicated, like showing up to the school to really be your best self. Like when you walk into the school, I always say, walk into the school, leave everything behind the door, come with an open mind and tell yourself, I believe in myself and I'm good at this. And let us teach you and work hard. And everybody, that mindset spreads. So you don't have oil, spoon of oils here. Like it takes a spoon of engine oil to destroy the entire water supply of a ship, oil. We don't let it stay. Like it just doesn't blend in. So the entire client, all our clientele, everybody has shared the same mindset. So it's amazing to be at work. It's freaking awesome to be here. All in Monroe, all in Westchester. If you go to Lebanon, any of our schools, everybody shares the same mindset. Everybody's respectful. Everybody's hardworking. Everybody understands why they're there and what is our goal for them. Right. Yeah. In life, not about champion, not about winning medals. It's to feel better, be your best self. Do you think that as good of a business person, as, as smart as you view, Dave, when it comes to running the gyms as businesses, do you think if he wasn't also passionate about training and had a love for that, that the relationship would be the as good as it is now and the businesses would have flourished that way? Or do you think that it needed to be both? Ooh, asking you that. Um, I mean, that's a good question. Well, I mean, I think it's a question for, for both of you. I mean, if if we didn't go by action, about us, like him stepping on the mat with a torn Achilles, I'm freaking out. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, and then when I go spot with my knees, he goes, what are you doing? If we didn't show by action how we are, it would be very difficult to implement that mentality on people because you'd be hypocrites. If how many gym owners or, or, or professors you see all the time teaching class, sitting, sitting, sitting down, or actually having a snack or eating, eating and drinking and popping goes good arm bar over there. <laughs> like that was good or you, you did good, clappy, clappy. Or, you know, take a break or they're literally teaching class, sitting. I've been doing this for over 20 years. I had no member ever in my life sitting on a class. I can't with my bad knees, even when I teach him with just us. I have to be walking around. I think it's disrespectful not giving anybody any attention. You have you want, you want somebody to work that hard, but you have two healthy legs and you're sitting in your ass and you're a coach. So every coach that listening to this, it goes to you too, man. Like don't ask anything of our students that are unwilling to do yourself twice as hard. We don't ever, ever ask anything of our students that we haven't done it twice as hard and twice as difficult because time is now easier and softer. So nah. We don't, I don't, I don't do well with hypocrites and I don't like people that just like to teach and think they know, but they don't put themselves out there. They don't, people don't see you sweat. People don't see you suffer. People don't see you struggle and training and doing what you're supposed to do. You just talk about it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't have worked. I don't think it would have worked as successfully so as it does. If I piggyback off of his answer, I a hundred percent agree. Right. But there's a lot of great, a great editors, great coaches out there that cannot run businesses. We've seen it. We've watched it. We've watched people fold all over the place, right? There's, there's power lifters, great power lifters. There's great bodybuilders that just can't run businesses, right? Just because you can do doesn't mean you should be running a business. I, I, we talked about this before. I think the timing was right. But if you, if you look at my background, I'm Six Sigma, uh, lean certified. Um, what I did for over a decade of my life, um, working for Fortune Five was literally travel across the country and fix businesses. Um, that was the job as a consultant for that company to go in, um, didn't matter where, um, didn't, didn't matter um, 
uh, was if it was a commercial plant, if it was um, some type of like a, a pest control major company, it didn't matter what it was. Like my job was to go in from the plant floor up and fix it, right? To find out how to operate. Um, so that experience and the fact that we love jujitsu and love what we do worked together because I was able to take what I did for a living for so many years of my life and actually apply it to, to us, to our business. So I do think 100% you have to want to be here. But I do think there's a there's a common thread that people are missing, which is um, learning or being willing to learn how to run a business. And what I learned from all these years is, man, you can screw up as long as you learn from screwing up. Like, I, I love to be transparent with people. Uh, I love to give my mistakes back to yeah. folks more so than the victories. Because the victories are short. Like, I swear to you, I have lost more. Same, uh, same, 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 same. Than I've ever won with what we do. Now, when we win, though, we win big, but it's because we lost so many times. There's no success without taking big chances. You know, we've been taking chances, but now the margin for error is so much less because of him. He has experience so much. His job is to, 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 to train people to do their job to the best, to be leaders. And now you really always believe the leaders were born, not trained to be, but it's just to a certain amount. It depends on what you'll be a leader of. But when you're working here and you're going to work here, Davis, that's what he does. He trains people to, to be accountable, to be responsible. They learn. They probably don't have a good background coming in or a good upbringing, but that's his job. That's what he did. And, and I say, big back off what he said, if you, if you don't love what you do like that in jiu-jitsu, coaches that, 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 that uh, don't, do, don't train, just coach. That don't live the lifestyle, just show. They just demonstrate. They sit. Um, they don't. They can expect to have a successful business. Right. You can't. You can't expect to have. A, if you're sitting over there waiting for people to 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 flat. If you are a world champion in Jiu Jitsu, world champion, literally world champion, that skilled, it doesn't mean that you can teach. Fighting and teaching are two completely different skill sets. Now there's another one, running a business, fighting and be a world champion, then teaching martial arts. So this, the youngest child and the oldest person in the class all will get the message that, that what you're throwing out. They will understand the ability to pass the art along to anybody, any gender, any, any size, any disability. We take autistic, we take dyslexic, we take everybody people don't want to teach because we believe in our program and we believe in the students. So the people that want to open up their school because they're world champions, it's a huge mental mistake. I truly believe that I suffered that because I, th I thought then I had to learn. I started teaching. I had to learn how to teach. It differed. Just because you win the world championship with the same move, three, I think, down in a guard pass, doesn't mean you can open up a jiu-jitsu school and you'll be able to teach everything because you don't know everything. You have been a product. You're a fighter. You're a competitor. Now you think you're going to be a teacher and have a bunch of competitors and champions. For instance, the best of all time, the undefeated Hicks and Gracie, Hicks and Gracie, how many world champions has Hicks ever produced? Hicks is a fighter. Euler is a teacher. Euler and Half has his students. So you understand that, what I'm saying? A business, uh, running a business, being a black belt, apples and oranges. And he taught me that. Whereas George, you, it doesn't matter who you are, your name you have and how good you are a teacher. If you don't know how to have a structured business, you can be the best teacher in the world. You can be in the UFC, but nobody's going to shut your front door. 
without marketing, without proper business, proper marketing strategy, retention of students, all of this I learned from him. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're Conor McGregor himself, if he doesn't hire somebody, get it with expertise to run a school in some structures there, they know how to pass on information, you will fail. You will not have any retention. Yeah. You know, people open gyms because they're world champions, not because they know how to teach. Again, another mental mistake. I'm a black belt, I'm gonna open my school. You're an idiot. You know, it should be teaching for a while, learn how to teach, so you can be confident in the different different shoes. When you step in the mat as a competitor, it's different shoes than you step on the mat as a teacher and as an instructor. Different set of responsibilities, completely everything is different. And if you don't know how to discern those two and separate, you should not own your school. That's coming from me. I've, I've been corrupted twice. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. I want to talk about a couple of tactical things because I think um, I have a, a good handle on where you guys are as far as strategic, your mission, how you, how you see things. So I want to talk about a couple of tactical things because we do have a, a lot of listeners here that have combat sports, MMA, boxing, kickboxing, things like that. But I think even in something like a CrossFit gym or, or anything, um, I think the, the lesson that you said is you can be, you can have great coaching. You can be a great athlete. You can have everything for fulfillment to give people a good experience and still not have a real business or a successful business. So Dave, can you kind of um, start off and you guys can both take this. What things did you layer on to George's coaching business, what he had with the gym to turn that into a business that, that wasn't doing very well financially and coming out of George's pocket to something that allowed you to serve more people, right? Make a difference in more people's lives and also pay your bills. Like what tactical things did you add, add on there? So you, you split it into like, I, I split it into big hits, like things I could make the, the biggest swing for the things that were going to be quick turns. And then the things that were going to take me time to get together. And the first big quick term was actually setting setting proper agreements together you know what does it look like for a person to attend george's classes but um, what is the pricing structure um is it trends is it monthly fees um what do the agreements look like um the agreements that we were the agreements that we were currently using weren't weren't conducive for this day and age for consumers um, they were very hard to get out of they were very wordy very lengthy um, and they weren't really thoughtful. You, know, you, you want to stay in business, but you also want to be thoughtful to your members. Somebody's got to move for work. You want to be able to get them out of an agreement. Um, if somebody is medically unable to complete the training or continue training, you want to be able to help them, right? So I, I really took a deep dive at how we were charging people to stay in business first. And that was an easy hit. You know, go back. I rewrote the contracts, worked with a couple of attorneys, um, created agreements, created different pricing structures to fit everybody's type of model. You know, which class do you want to take? How many classes do you need to take? Um, different pricing choices, different discount structures from paying fulls, um, six month paying fulls, um, student student agreements, the student student agreements for people that are like here for college or whatever. You know, whatever we could do to to try to get that taken care of first. That way, we knew where the revenue was coming. I could do predictions a little bit better. I could forecast a little bit better. It was easier to draw our finances and create plans, um, goals. I love goals, right? So you can't improve if you don't measure. So it allowed me to create current state measurements and then future state measurements on where I wanted 
us to be. So I was first, big hit. The the ones that took me a little bit more time was like the marketing. And I'm a, a huge fan of marketing. If you look at just 2019, look at COVID, right? Um, during COVID, if you like just go 2019 through, um, we grew um, 147% through 2019 to 2021. That was your COVID years, um, quote unquote, right? So 147%. We grew our memberships by 123% during that. Um, the reason wasn't luck. We weren't lucky. You know how many gyms, I mean, I'm sure you do. You know how many gyms folded during that time? Well, what we did was focus in our marketing differently to capitalize on the fact that we knew folks were at home. We knew we could go into different different media platforms. I'm trying to be thoughtful without being too thoughtful, but we did a lot of different measurements. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, like, I've never been a fan of like mailers, for instance. Well, during COVID, where is everybody sitting? At home. Yeah. Are they on their phone? Yes, sir. Of course. But where's mom and dad while Junior's on their phone? They're reading the whatever came in the mail. So what did we do? We went after freaking mailers. We never go after mailers um, because they're not as profitable as other platforms, right? They don't the payoff, the uh, ROI on those is just not there. During COVID, it was there. We grew 147%. We were adding members when our peers were shutting gyms down, right? Uh, but it was marketing, and it took time. Um, I try to explain this to folks all the time as I'm talking, um, when they'll call, like like professor said, like they want advice, want advice, want advice. They think it's just click a button or pay somebody. For goodness sake, stop paying people to do your daggone marketing. When you pay people to do their marketing, they don't know your business like you do, and you don't learn. You need to F up. You need to make mistakes because you in downtown Cincinnati is a different you than the suburbs of Cincinnati. You can't market the daggone same. You need to see what your people are seeing here, what your members are seeing. So the marketing took me time after time, after time, pulling the analytics for, and you know, there's so many great tools you can use nowadays. It's really, it's not that difficult as it sounds anymore to get your analytics, but really focusing in on what made sense, what returned quickly, um, what was a longer term investment for us. Um, we've tried different platforms. I've, I've literally tried every platform you can think of from radio, uh, TV, um, you name any of the big social media platforms, all of them. Um, and then you, you can even go into like any of your search optimization stuff, any of your SEO stuff, right? Everything I've tried. Now, do we keep certain ones? Yeah, man, certain stuff sticks for us. Um, and then there's other ones I'm like, yeah, there's no chance I'm going back to that well again, right? So, but you see us try and error, right? It, it finds the right one. Everything you're saying, people want help. They want to oh, help, help, help. But you see how much this is time consuming for him. It's time consuming. He spends time. He wants to grow. That's what, and not only that, he's gifted for that. He's hardworking. So people want to piggyback off the success, but they don't want to put in the work. So this thing about when they said, I'm going to try to, to all of the SAS from, from SAS team, I'm going to try to help George. He's like that. I'm going to try to help everybody run their business right. And the people that reached out kept, uh, I think they expected Dave to do it for them. That's the whole point. I'm like, I mean, there's a guy willing to teach you for free. The one that listened was the one that already super successful in Kentucky. The one that listened. The one that's humble enough. It's humble enough at all my black belts. And I said, that's humble enough to actually go, hey, Dave, would you, would you help me? 
tell me what to do so I can go do it and fail and get up again and try again and fail and figure out what works for my school. He's not having good experience with that because everybody that he tries to help just tries to have him do it for them. Which that's what I think it's just sometimes it's, it's, it's pointless because nobody wants to do their own work, man. Short term and long term, right? Short term and long term. You ask the question, like, what did we, how did we focus on it, right? So that marketing piece that Professor is talking about, like, you have to, and not that anybody's asking me this question, but you have to learn. You have to do it yourself. You have to stop paying people to do it for you because you will not learn. You build a foundation on a, a shaky platform. You have to F it up, man. Like you have to. How many times have you told me, bro, we tried a campaign of a Facebook. We, work at all we tanked. We invested, yeah. we invested in this and that. But oh my we God. didn't pay off. We didn't pay off. Now we're going to go to Kroger's and the receipts. And that was nice. I don't know if it pays off. This one works and it goes again. And I'm like, brother, you're, you're trying. I spent, yeah. I spent 10 grand on yeah. a platform that... You know, and we caused me to go that tanked. We just that I mean, and we're still and we're still in it. Yeah. And I still it was cash up front. So yeah. again, I'm gonna go back to it. Like you've gotta you gotta try. I do tell all of my the, the folks that like uh um George was talking about the person in Kentucky, they've grown like two hundred percent. So um I keep going back with things that I like to talk about the things that I did that screwed up and where I think that people could do better, but the marketing um cannot stop. You cannot stop marketing. Um, people really, truly, all right. So you look at combat sports as a whole, right? So 3% of folks that do martial arts actually do, I'm going to call quote unquote combat sports. So like wrestling, you know, pieces like that 3% and that 3% is a huge number considering wrestling's like super popular right now. Jiu-Jitsu is super popular out of that 3% of those folks that choose to do combative sports, 1% of them compete. Yet I see all of this wasted marketing on the 1% of the 3%, that's not what we do. We literally are tailored to families, to full families. This is a family fitness environment. Mom and dad will train. Junior, um, you know, little Mikey and little Susie are on the mat training um, because it's a family first. Like you step over dollars to get the sense in this. And that's what I'm talking about. These, these SEO driven companies that, you know, I've got buddies that are like, oh, I'm going to pay this amount every month. And they're guaranteeing me this, man, you'll never be able to go to the same well. You don't know what you did. We know I'm going to get you more leads. There's a difference between a lead and a lead. Like we've got to stop paying for leads. Yeah. We have a, we have a, uh, our general manager is sitting in here. Kelly is sitting where you can't see her on camera. So she's going to, she's already smirking. I can feel it. But, um, I can get Kelly in the building. If I can get her folks here in the door, her team um, that we continue to work back and train can close at a rate of over 90%. Huge close rate, right? 90%. Why? Because our coaches and our team at the front um, are trained properly. They know this is a business. This is a sales business and how uncomfortable coming into these doors are. So they make it comfortable for people, right? Getting those folks in here to get to 90%, that's the tough part. So we generically are anywhere between 20 and 30% of our leads coming in the front door, but then closing at 90, right? So where do you spend your money? You make sure your process is right in the business. You gotta make sure the front can close. Gotta make sure the coaches know what they're doing in the classes, but you gotta spend that upfront cost to get them in here. And that's what we keep talking about. It's like, how do you get real leads? When somebody hits our website, they're warm already, right? They're warm. 
because they took the time to fill out the contact form. They're warm. You got to you got to get back to them. You know, 12 hours is our goal. Within 12 hours of hitting the website, we're on the phone with you. And we have a whole inside team that's on the phone with you. So it's not, it's not luck. We don't do anything by luck. We do everything by preparation. Run, you set the business up as a business, and then you can have the fun doing the things that you do and change lives, right? So I answered that question with the two, right? The easy thing to do and then the difficult thing to do. But I like talking about the marketing because I think people are out of their minds with, um, Dave, I don't have enough money to spend in marketing. Really? What are you spending your money on? Like, what are you spending? What is your budget? So I can go down that rabbit hole. Pretty excited probably for 15 minutes. So go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I agree. In, in all the data, in all the people we talk to, all agrees with what you're saying, right? It's, um, I, I, you know, doing this and being a gym owner for the past, you know, almost 10 years, multiple gyms, worked with everybody and their cousin, you know, I still have people ask me all the time, they're like, what marketing agency should I hire? And I'm like, you shouldn't. You should, if you're going to pay somebody, pay somebody to teach you how to do it yourself, pay somebody to show you what work to do and then go do it and then go learn it. And then you own it because only, you know, your business, only, you know, what message, who you want. But I also like on top of that, you said it's, it's one thing also to generate the leads. If you don't do shit with them after they, you know, after your phone gets a ping or you get an email and you're like, I'll get back to them, whatever the nurture of the leads is important too. So I'm, I'm glad you hit both of those spots, but no, I agree hundred percent. And you know, the data, you know, that we have on our side, you know, seen under the hood of like 5,000 gyms agrees, you should learn to do it yourself. Um, if I, if I personally had to go and hire an agency for a gym that I owned or, you know, even, even more so maybe somebody I knew that was on the verge of broke and needed to hire an agency. I would still tell them to go do, learn it themselves because nobody's that good. It's just, it's almost impossible to be broad stroke good for everybody. You might get a couple of home runs, but you're going to have a lot more strikeouts. So that's my agency soapbox. So I think we're on the same, same thing there. Guys, we have about five minutes left. So um, what else do we want to get out there to the public? What else do you want to share? Um, I know we, we want to get your website and your social media and the business stuff before we let you go, but kind of open forum. What else do you want to touch on with the last few minutes that we have here? Um, we're continuing to, to be successful in our own skin. Um, so I, I'd really like to, to thank all of the folks that help us um, do the job that we do today. Um, the internal staff here at JGMMA, um, the internal staff, the coaches um, run by um, Professor George Grigel, um, Professor uh, Jake Nickerson, and then our front staff um, run by Kelly Chick and her team of, of solid performers that continue to push themselves and, and strive for greatness. Um, we also, we, we're made up by a community of great, great surrounding supporting cast and partners of, of coaches and professors across the country. Um, we truly um, enjoy what we do and appreciate their efforts um, and helping us continue to move forward. And, and I, I like the fact that a lot of them are branching off into their own businesses and we're helping support that now. We're putting um, our black belts, um, professors black belts um, in charge of their own schools. We're helping them live the dream. We're teaching them. Um, I will not throw anybody in a business. So we are teaching them through um, our onboarding program. 
Um, they're making their own money. They're starting to control their own destiny, their own profit sharing themselves. Um, and uh, we're teaching them how to run a PL. So I'm really super pumped about that. That's the future of our business is multiple locations all run by their own black belts, um, all run by their own smart business owners. So not just small business owners, but smart business owners um, that can continue to, to drive forward with, with great things. JGMA.com um, is our website. Um, love to, to see the hits on there. If you want to communicate back with us, um, have any questions for us, um, you know, please um, hit the contact us there and uh, Kelly will make sure that um, we get the information and we'll try to respond back to you. I'm volunteering Kelly because she's right there. But um, Thanks, Kelly. pay attention to our apparel line that's there. Um, we will be uh, launching a national brand um, here shortly. Um, we're really pumped about that. Um, good price points, good geese, um, competition ready geese, lightweight geese ready, um, uniforms all over the place. Um, we're, uh, we're spending a lot of time trying to bring price points down in a market that have been completely driven up uh, for whatever reason, because you can't get them. So people just, you know, the supply and demand, you can't get them. So we'll charge you $300 for a freaking uniform. And we've got the same stuff made in the same places that are going to be coming down to less than half of that. Uh, so we're really pumped about bringing that back to our, our community and giving back to our folks. So gmma.com um, and be on the lookout for, for us, um, be on the lookout for our affiliates, be on the lookout for us in the future. Mm -hmm. Just yeah. be really, like I said, instead of calling and ask questions, I encourage everybody really just to, you can never put the, the value, the price on something that you haven't tried, you know? So come come get a free week trial. Really just sign up, take a little effort, and try us out for a week and see for yourself instead of going, Mama Morris told me that. Don't don't take people's opinions. It goes, oh, don't go watch that movie. That movie sucks. No, she goes, you go watch the movie. And you go and you sit through it, and then you develop your own opinion about it. Or do we eat the food? The food's not good. No. Come to see us. Come try the class. You know, you're going to fit in. See the product we offer. See what we have there. See if you fit in with the, with the community, with everybody you will. You feel good. You feel welcome. And then we'll go from there. But I encourage everybody to take a step. Get out of your comfort zone, man. Get out, get, get, sign up. Go to the website. Make an appointment. Get up off your ass and create your future. Like, change it. Get up off, Get off the video games. Get off the fast food and stuff and, uh, you know, make, make a positive change in your life. It, the first step is always the hardest. Yeah. Nobody wants to take a step into a school of mixed martial artists, especially if they have no background. It's not, everybody's not intimidated. It's not bad. We, are, we have a huge, a big staff and a lot of assistant coaches that welcome with open hands. You'll be treated right. You start uh, training with the beginners. You're not going to get smashed or there's none of that. You know, you, you fit into the environment. But the only way, we can talk about it all day. If you don't get up off your butt and try and come see us, you will not know anything. You will listen to this podcast and tomorrow you forget and go about something else. So my, my advice would be to try it out. Step off your comfort zone and try something new. You know, live a little. And if it's not for you, at least you tried and you got up and you did and you know what it's about and it's not your cup of tea. Or it could be something you love that you've been missing your whole life. And right. you're glad that you actually made it. So come see us. Some people like coffee. So I got I got one more one more quick question just for clarification <laughs> for you guys. I know you have some collaborations, some work that you're doing there with local gyms in Ohio. Uh, yeah. But are you also doing any sort of consulting, coaching for um, whether it be combat sports or just general um, any other gyms? Are you for people who 
want to know about your business systems, things like that. Are you guys doing any type of mentorship or consulting uh, for people who can't come and see you in person? Yeah, I do consulting on the side um, as well. Um, but I, I pick and choose that. Um, I, I know George alluded to that. I created a, a subsite for um, our team, um, our team, our SAS affiliates. Um, I did that for a while. I stopped doing that because it just wasn't value add. Um, so now I'm doing um, private uh, mentoring, tutoring um, on the side. I I like doing that. Um, it's a it's a passion for me. So it's um, it's definitely something that I'm growing into, and we're looking for um, you know our next steps. You know what what is you know Fluff going to do next? Like where am I going to go when I grow up? He's trying to figure out what what he wants me to do when I grow up, and we're kind of figuring out a way for me to be able to start doing that on a, a more consistent basis for work. All right. So you guys, you heard it. JGMMA.com is the website. The Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram links are all on that website. Just search JGMMA. Find Dave. Find George. I rock probably, with them. Give them likes. Find Kelly. Go find George. Go find, go find Kelly. <laughs> yeah, find Kelly. And then Kelly, right. Kelly think it's to, tell you to us. Find Kelly. Learn how to behave. And then Kelly will say, hey, this is the guy. This is the girl. Find Miss Kelly first. <laughs> Perfect. All right, guys, we are officially out of time. I appreciate you being on here. I wish you continued success. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. You're welcome, guys. And to everybody out there listening, as always, we appreciate you too. We wouldn't be here without you. We hope you found value and inspiration and some entertainment from these guys. They had a lot to offer and throw a lot of personality onto it. So uh, you won't hear too many like them, but click the subscribe button anyway. We got lots of great guests. We'll notify you new episodes drop to everyone out there in Jim Lords Nation. Keep working hard. Keep changing lives. Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets, at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.